Mr. Pop. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to pair Jamar Chase and Jerry Rice as your two wide receivers in fantasy football? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to start Barry Sanders and Patrick Mahomes in your fantasy football lineup? Then this is the place for you. Encore Fantasy, the only place where the fantasy stars of today face off against the legends of yesterday. There are a lot of fantasy games out there that do simulations. Encore Fantasy is taking actual games from these players' past. It's not simulating them. It's not a guess. You're actually getting a Fred Bolitnikoff game, not what Fred Bolitnikoff might have done at some point. Whether you are new to fantasy football or a better know game, we have something for you. This is the Encore Fantasy Podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Encore Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Michael Michaud, and I am with Sawyer Rubin today. Sawyer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Mish. Ben is traveling. He was in Denver for work, and he he went to that Broncos game on Sunday, which I'm sure was a painful experience. But Sawyer is on our team. He's the wizard behind all our numbers and coding because none of the other guys on the squad know how to do any of that. So Sawyer, welcome to the podcast. We will certainly dive into the action this week, but I, I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself, let everyone know your background, and of course, importantly, your NFL fandom. I got involved with EFG. I think I met Ben through a party. My- my distant cousin is friends with him down in Alexandria, Virginia. That checks um, out. And he mentioned he has a fancy football company. They were looking for another software engineer to help build out this platform. He pitched this idea of like legend players playing against new players. And it was really like in- interesting for me. Um, I grew up with the NFL in the background since middle school, always on Sundays. I'd just be doing homework and listening to the games. And I've been in a league with a bunch of high school buddies for about the same time. I remember dropping off packets and packets of paper for them to like look through trades and offer deadlines and things in our league in high school. So yeah, that's always been a ton of fun. And it's been a great way to stay connected to a bunch of buddies. I think I've won maybe two championships. Getting your bona fides in early here. I appreciate that. Yeah, I have street cred in some fashion. (laughs) That's good. That's good. And we have been talking NFL fan support. Like you grew up near Denver. So you kind of grew up a Broncos fan, but there's another team that's kind of grabbed your attention of late. Yeah, totally. The year I was born, uh, the Broncos won the Super Bowl. And I'm from Cheyenne, so Denver is always near and dear to my heart. But I went to college at Michigan State and there's a lot of energy and heart in Detroit. And I think the hard knocks this season really brought it home that Detroit's a fun team to watch. And I've watched both of their games so far this season and looking forward to continue to see them progress and hopefully get to the playoffs this year. More than three wins. More than three wins. That would be nice. Amon Ross, St. Brown, the Sun God. Interestingly enough, he was not chosen this week in Encore Fantasy Football, which was interesting, but he's going to be a popular choice going forward. Yeah, I totally agree. He is a star wide receiver that they have out there. And as the season goes on, he'll be a really solid WR1. Ben and I were talking about determining how to piece your roster together in Encore Fantasy Football, like the Delta, which we've we've added to the site now. Thank you, Sawyer. That was a recent addition. But he's one of those guys, typical wide receiver projections, high teens, low 20s. I think he's one of those guys, at least meeting his projections or exceeding them. We will get to all that potentially in our preview for this coming week. But as always, we will start with this past week's top performers, where we look across the Encore Fantasy Football world, who was chosen, who wasn't chosen, who performed the best, who didn't perform. There was a good mix of legends and active players. And once again, 
At the top of the list, we have a legend. LaDainian Tomlinson eked out Stefan Diggs for top score of the week by one point. So let's dive into that. LT, I believe this game was November 12th, 2006 when he was on the Chargers. Sir, what have we got? What was that game? Give us the details. Yeah, LaDainian Tomlinson was such an explosive player. It's really incredible that his delta was 25. Really unheard of. He's one of those guys. Like You have some of those legendary running backs like Emmett Smith or Frank Gore, these guys who hung around for a long time. But he's not one of those guys. He played roughly 10, 11 seasons and performed just about through all of them. And 2006 is kind of like right in the meat of his of his dominance. LT's game, this was his 113th total game. This was against Cincinnati in Cincinnati. And this game was super high scoring niche. The Chargers ended up winning 49 to 41. I don't know if you watched the Ravens and the Dolphins go at it. I certainly did. That's the glory of red zone, baby. You're just sitting there and you cut away and then cut back for all the good stuff. Yeah, that was a wild one. Yeah, very wild. And I mean, that score was both in the 40s, knocking on the door 50 points by the Chargers. And it looks like LT had four rushing touchdowns in that game. That's pretty solid. 100 yards and 54 yards receiving with six receptions. That's pretty solid. That is one of three games that season where LT scored four touchdowns, which is pretty wild. He had 31 touchdowns that season, including 28 rushing. So like 28 rushing touchdowns in 2006. Not only that, but if you pull the week after that against Denver, where the Chargers beat the Broncos 35-27, he also scored four touchdowns in that game, one receiving and three rushing. So he was in the midst of a pretty good streak here. LT didn't score in only four games that season. The Chargers went 14-2 and that year, but naturally didn't do anything because their coach was Marty Schottenheimer. And Marty Schottenheimer never won anything. And then it was North Turner after that, neither of whom won anything. That was early Philip. Rivers. This game was against the Bengals with Carson Palmer and Chad Johnson. Just a wild game. This is why you pick LaDainian Tomlinson. He has games like this scattered across his game log. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty solid. I have also seen like a game in that season later on at Kansas, and he had 200 yards rushing with two touchdowns as well. I mean, that's a very explosive game. That back half of that entire season, he's right up there with over 100 yards and at least a touchdown. The last game of the year, he did not play, which is probably because they were 13 and two and they didn't need him to play. But before that, he had a streak of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight games of rushing over 100 yards, including, like you said, 199 yards, 178 yards, 172 yards, 183 yards. He scored touchdowns in all but one of those games. So again, this is the whole point, right? You want to pull someone onto your roster with a chance to really outperform their delta. LaDainian Tomlinson is one of those guys, and he did it this week with 45.8 points, the top scoring player in the league. LT for the win. Very exciting. Did you pick LT on your team? I picked LT on my team, but I think he was the only guy who performed really well for me. No, I didn't have LT. I ended up with the next highest running back of this week, Clint Portis and Arian Foster as my RBs. Both of them. Look at that. Mid-2000s running backs. The second best performer this week was Stefan Diggs, who absolutely lit it up on Monday Night Football for the Bills against the Titans. I don't know if You have him on any of your regular fantasy teams. I don't, but I played against him this week and lost because of this. I think a lot of people suffered digs caused loss. He had 12 catches, 148 yards and three touchdowns. So if we look at the top 10 scorers on Encore this week, it is five legends and five active players. So again, an excellent mix. The active players who were in the top 10 were digs. Cooper Cup, another big game. Obviously, Nick Chubb had a good game. Aaron Jones had a bounce back. I just want to say that I called that last week when I said, don't 
jump on the AJ Dillon train. And Justin Herbert also had a big game. And then for the legends, it was LT and Arian Foster and Clinton Portis, and then Andre Johnson and Billy Sims, the running back. So a lot of good performers. The other top performer, Arian Foster. His game is from November 7th, 2010. What do we have in that game, Sawyer? This is in his Houston days. They played the Chargers and he put up 127 yards on 27 attempts with two touchdowns and nothing super notable on the receiving end, four receptions for 70 yards. So that'll help pad his stats a little bit. Super solid floor with 127 rushing yards and two touchdowns. You can't get much better than that. Yeah, Um, absolutely. He had 16 rushing touchdowns that season. 2010, a good year for Arian Foster, and he actually played 16 games. So that was obviously one of his bugaboos. We start with the first game of that season against Indianapolis when he rushed for 231 yards and three touchdowns. That season, he rushed for over 100 yards eight times including 180 in the last game of the year. The Texans went 6-10, and 10, so good for him for running out the season in a game that didn't matter. But in terms of trends, last week, Ben talked about historical tight ends being a potential good option. I talked about modern wide receivers being a good option. But aside from Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones, the best running backs were legends, wouldn't you say? Oh, And I've been thinking about that a little bit. I think a lot more teams are going with this split back approach where they have two, three guys who are just absolute beasts. And like they're able to trade touches and rotate in and out, be super flexible. And I think that's difficult for us fantasy managers. Oh my gosh, it is horrible. Yeah. It's like, who do you pick? Like Ezekiel Elliott or Tony Pollard? Like both super good athletes, but... And Pollard outscored Zeke this week. My cousin last year in our Cousins Fantasy League had both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And... He seemed to pick the wrong one every week. He would pick Chubb and Hunt would score 25 points. And then he would pick Hunt and Chubb would score, you know, 27 points. So a lot Mm -hmm. of teams have this split thing. And it's just, it's just hard to figure out how exactly to play it. It's super difficult. Yeah. I mean, the the conventional wisdom was like you handcuff your starter with their backup. Grab Madison to back up Dalvin Cook because he always seems to get hurt. Yeah, exactly. But then now it's like those people that you're handcuffed, they are equally as much starters or a flex play that, you know, in our three wide receiver and three running back format, like they're very viable here. Yeah. And also for those guys that are like heavy lift guys for a team like Christian McCaffrey or as a Giants fan, Saquon Barkley, the guys who do get more carries, they're just more apt to get hurt. It's tough. But then you look at the 49ers and no one can figure out how to play their running backs in fantasy because they have like seven of them works for them. But for fantasy purposes, it is a challenge. It is a challenge. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's the strength of EFG, honestly. And like the whole platform is you can say like, all right, all my running backs are going to be the the studs that were always, you know, RB1s and like, you know, go with a little bit deeper sleeper picks. Um, you get your LT, get a 45 point game and then find somebody else who is just super solid. Right. Exactly. And even if you pick an RB1 like Barry Sanders, okay, mm-hmm. guys, an RB1 had a short career. Bright burst, obviously, Hall of Famer. Yeah, you still might get a game where Barry Sanders doesn't run off. But uh, are your chances of getting a great game from Barry Sanders who played in an era where running was a much bigger part of the NFL? Or are you going to get a bigger game from like a Christian McCaffrey or an Aaron Jones or a Nick Chubb who both had big games this week? That dynamic is super interesting. And how you play that in setting up your team is a big part of the fun of Encore Fantasy Football. Totally. Another top performer this week, 
was Clinton Portis. December 1st, 2002 was this game where he put up 34 points. Give us the details, Sawyer. All right. So this is Denver at San Diego Chargers. So we had an in-conference game. On 23 attempts, he put up 153 yards with two touchdowns. He capped it out with three receptions for 34 yards. Nothing super notable there. On the season at the whole, this is a very, very reliable season. He ended up with 1,500 rushing yards and Broncos went nine and seven that year. So decent, very decent. Steve Berline was the quarterback for the Broncos, at least at this point in the season. Maybe Ben could come back later and fill us in because Ben was roughly 45 years old in 2002. So that checks out. But And it was against Drew Brees from his Chargers days. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, this was quite a game because Ladanian Tomlinson also scored, I believe, three touchdowns in this game. Portis ran for 1,500 yards. He ran for over 100 yards eight times this season, half the season, had 17 total touchdowns. Again, we seem to get a lot of legendary running backs at the top of the scoring list each week. Yeah, totally. Even when he was at Washington, he still ended up with a 1,400-yard season towards the end of his career. Oh, yeah. Portis was good his whole career, except for the last two years. Yeah, the last year is a little underwhelming. Yeah, he only played in five games. Yeah, yeah. but other than that, very reliable right there. That's what makes him a two-time Pro Bowl guy. I'm actually surprised he wasn't a Pro Bowler more, to be honest. So top performers this week. We had it split. If you went with modern wide receivers or quarterbacks or got lucky on a couple running backs, you did well. If you grabbed three of our favorites in Encore Fantasy Football, LT, Arian Foster, and Clinton Portis, you did well. Andre Johnson had a big game. Billy Sims, a classic running back, had a big game. So all in all, just what makes Encore Fantasy Football fun. We had the split. We had five of the top performers were legends. Five of the top performers were active players. That's the name of the game. That's Encore Fantasy Football right there. And mixing and matching is is what makes it fun. I did want to mention, I think it's been really interesting that at least this week, most people selected a live quarterback. They didn't go with a historical one, but there's only three players that beat their projection this week. And that's Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, and Kurt Warner. And then Patty Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, and Trey Lance I mean, Justin Herbert had a freaking game, but I'm kind of surprised we don't see more historical quarterbacks. As I'm thinking of the NFL through the eras, quarterbacks, there's a lot of amazing players. Joe Montana's up there, Peyton Manning, obviously, like Drew Brees now, like we're talking about these guys and Philip Rivers, like also very solid. Yeah. Kurt Warner, so. I, I'd be shocked if we didn't see Kurt Warner more often going forward. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, because we're talking greatest show on turf and some lean years, but then his late years with the Cardinals where he lit it up. That's another good example. Yeah, I mean, I picked... What in week one, I picked Dan Marino and got like a game where his team lost nine to six to the Jets. Obviously, you're you're going to have that. But like Joe Montana is a good call. Steve Young is another one, although you could get Steve Young year where he was playing backup to Joe Montana or you could get later 49ers year. I mean, this is the gamble, but same gamble if you're taking Trey Lance, to be honest. Next, we got our legendary performance of the week. We kind of touched on a little. It is, of course, LaDainian Tomlinson, who was the top scorer of the week. We went over that game. I will say in our last week of the regular season, we had one of the best top 20 PPR performances of all time. We had Clinton Portis's 57-point game for Denver in 2003. LaDainian Tomlinson's performance from November 12, 2006 does not fall onto this table, so we are still awaiting our next top-scoring legend of all time on the PPR charts. There are lots of options. Last week, I mentioned Doug Martin. Jamal Charles is number one. On this list specifically, with about 60 points, he had five touchdowns. 
It is December 15th, 2013, Chiefs versus Raiders. Charles had 215 yards total, 20 rushing yards, but 195 receiving yards, four receiving touchdowns, which is absolutely nuts. Some of the other guys on this list that you could find are Brandon Marshall, which we've mentioned, Wes Welker, of course, Calvin Johnson, who was chosen this week by me, and he only had eight points, naturally one of the few downers for Calvin Johnson, but he's on that list of greatest games. So we didn't have one this week, but we're kind of waiting for the next one. I suppose you could say we're always waiting for a big week in regular fantasy, but there's something about the fact that these games happen and we know that they're a part of the database that they could be pulled that I feel like makes it a bit more exciting. Yeah, I 100% agree. You know, there's diamonds out there. It's got to dig them up. Yeah, they are there. And yeah, the potential is always there for Stefan Diggs. And I will not judge anybody if they pick Stefan Diggs every week. That seems to be a pretty safe pick. But I do like this idea that we have this list of these legendary performances of all time. And I don't know who Kevin Curtis is. I don't even remember who he is. I think he was a wide receiver, but played for the Eagles. On September 23rd, 2007, he had 221 receiving yards and three touchdowns for 51 points. So go ahead and wow. find that game. I don't recommend picking Kevin Curtis because I couldn't pick him out of a police lineup, but it's there. And that's the whole fun of, of Encore Fantasy Football. Totally agree. And I will say that now that the Giants are 2-0 and and clearly Super Bowl contenders, just kidding, they're not Super Bowl contenders, but <laughs> I may have to lean in and, and go, for, go for Saquon in this league because leading into the season... I really wasn't sure about him or the Giants, so I didn't I didn't keep him in a league. I could have kept him in retrospect, a mistake. But, you know, it's going to be interesting seeing how these teams develop and these players who people weren't quite sure about. So that's the risk that you play with going with the active guys, still fun, or the legendary guys. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because Saquon, his rookie year was incredible. Oh, yeah. Absolutely electric out of Penn State. I will say that I didn't want the Giants to draft him because drafting running backs that high in the draft is stupid, but... It was super fun to watch him. It was, but I think about the players that are live and maybe like underwhelming now, but like they had like some incredible years. I think when Tom Brady retires, I think he's going to end up being like the number one most selected EFG player. He is head and shoulders above any other quarterback of all time. And he's still live. So like you're going to get his current game. But when he turns into a historical player, when, Gis- when Giselle makes him retire, when his crypto startups start pulling in some more money. Yeah, no, that's that's true. He just has so many years. Him and Peyton Manning to some degree, although Peyton Manning had some years at the end of his career that were pretty bad and some years at the beginning of his career that were pretty bad. I know if Ben were here, he would be shouting to the rooftops that Peyton Manning is the better fantasy quarterback. But the end of Tom's career is proving to be a little bit more balanced. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate the Patriots and I hate Tom Brady, but you kind of got to respect him. So it will be interesting when he, again, when Giselle forces him to retire or when he becomes a permanent host on The Masked Singer, whatever it is, uh, <laughs> that he he becomes a pretty, a pretty solid pick in Encore Fantasy Football. So that'll that, that'll definitely be interesting. But that is an excellent transition to our next segment, Olds versus Youngs, as Ben calls it, where we look at this dynamic. And we've kind of touched on this already, and this kind of leans into the trends a little too. But it seems like through two weeks, if you're going Olds for running backs and Youngs for wide receivers, that's a pretty good combination right there. Yeah, totally. That seems to be true for these last two weeks. That's kind of like the trend of the NFL. It's like we just have some yeah. incredible wide receivers that make these phenomenal plays. And it makes it not only exciting to watch, but selecting those live wide receivers is all the more tantalizing. Yeah, I like 
again, I, I said this last week when we were talking through this stuff, we're not breaking any new ground here talking about right. how receivers are like big in today's NFL, but it is cool and part of the fun of this game that you see this play out on your roster like every week that you pick a current wide receiver, you pick a legendary running back. You're a perfect example. You pick Portis. Foster, DeAndre Swift, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, and Justin Hall. That combination of I'm going to ride Stephon Diggs because I know he's going to get targets because that's what the NFL is today. But I'm also going to take an educated gamble with Arian Foster or Clinton Portis, two guys who had relatively short, really good careers that you're going to get a game and you got 70 points from those two combined. That mixing and matching is, is what this is all about. Yeah. The mixing and matching is super key. Last week, our winner of the entire pool was an all-live player. This week, we had some super explosive games from historical running backs. So that ended up shifting the rankings a little bit. Yes, that same guy, Hawkeyes, he went all live again this week. And he went with Chubb and Cup. And he went with Justin Jefferson, who had a down week this week because Kirk Cousins was trash, which is the risky run. So Hawkeyes won last week. And then we had to do a stat correction. And it turns out, Sawyer, you won this week. You came out on top with your combination of live and historical players. And so I think that just shows that you can create your team. You can craft your team in any number of ways and follow these trend lines and push for that extra delta on, on the projections versus the performance and you know see what comes out on the other side. I came in last, by the way. So yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That's, I picked yeah. Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny and CJ Anderson. Was that a Broncos year? Yeah, it definitely was. 2018. One guy I did choose was Lance Allworth, who Ben threw out on the pod last week as like an old player. 69. Uh, dang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From 19, a game fun. from 1969, Lance Allworth. He was one of those older guys. I also picked Calvin Johnson and Jamar Chase, and I went with Joe Burrow as well, which wasn't that great. It's possible that we were all sucked in by the Bengals' magical run to the Super Bowl, and it turns out they're not that good. Who knows? But yeah, my strategy thus far has been to mix and match and kind of gamble, and I picked Rashad Penny because I was running out of projected points with which to work when I was constructing my roster. So I was kind of surfing through maybe not the latter pages of the running back projection board, but certainly not the first couple pages. And friend of the friend of the pod, Zach Malov, who may listen to this, may not. He's in the fantasy league with Ben and I. He's a big Seahawks fan. And I was drafting with him and he was hyping up Rashad Penny. And I fell victim to that. The Seahawks were not that good on Sunday against the 49ers. But it's fun to look at the leaderboard once everything locks to look at how people have constructed their teams. We have Hawkeyes, like we said, who's gone all active thus uh, in two weeks. We have yours as a mix. Mine's a mix. Ben's is a mix. Just kind of to each their own as you fill it out. And, and obviously filling it out under the, the budget requirements that we've put in place. Totally. I see another team, Dralston, and they selected a running back from 1969 and they outperformed their projection by 10 points. This is Larry Sanka. Larry Zonka, big running back, the big, the main running back for the undefeated Dolphins team in 72, I believe. Uh, and he also played okay. for the, he also played for the then Redskins, now Commanders. Larry Zonka, classic. Larry Zonka is one of those guys who, played in an era where the games were just not that high scoring and he played for a while. So he had some good years and he played on some really good teams. He ended up playing for 12 years. He's a Hall of Famer, famously played for the Dolphins, the undefeated Dolphins, and then also the Giants. And interesting enough, played in 1979 in the World Football League for the Memphis Southmen. I never even heard of them, which is bizarre. But then came back to the Dolphins and had a great year. His last year scored 12 touchdowns. He was never a high yardage guy, 
he was kind of a goal line guy, but he's one of those where you're pulling someone from the sixties, man. And you, you know, you, he got 20 points this week, which outscored my Rashad Penny by plenty. So. Yep. I'm just looking at his little headshot and that mustache alone would be enough for me to drop him. So <laughs> it's, it's a very strong, you all obviously can't see that. It is a very strong mustache. His nickname was the Sundance kid. He went to Syracuse. His, his mustache is what you would imagine a 1970s mustache looks like, right? Yeah, definitely. Very much encourage you to go look him up. He played from 1968 through 1979. Again, where he, where he skipped 1975 because he played in a football league I'd never even heard of before. That game that was pulled this week, it was November 9th, 1969. That was against Boston. The Boston, Boston Patriots. Oh, the Boston Patriots, what they were before they became the New England Patriots. 17-16 Dolphins win. In a year, the Dolphins were 3-7-1. and one. What are the details of this game for Larry Zonka? So rushing on 16 attempts, he had 121 yards with one touchdown. That's the best game of that season by far only game he rushed for over 100 yards that year yeah props um, to d ralston yeah. for grabbing the only good larry zonka game from 1969 he also picked jericho cotchery who got zero points january 8th 2005 game that's a good example of the trend going back to what we were talking about modern wide receivers legendary running backs that seems to be the combination that's yielding the best results yep 100 agree i think it's yet to be seen where tight ends and quarterbacks fall into that mix on that note, that will lead us into this week's preview. Last week, Ben was talking about Lance Allworth and his potential an old school guy. I picked him for my team. It worked. He beat his Delta. Thank you to Ben. He was at 22 points in his projected points, which is basically average over his whole career was 15. We talked about that. Sawyer, who are you looking at for potentially picking on your teams this week, both an active player and, and a legendary player? I really like Le'Veon Bell. He was always my number one pick in drafts. He was consensus number one for, for a couple of years there. For several years. So I think for a historical player, I might roll the dice on him this week. He's got a bunch of good games with the Steelers. Granted, he had a few years where he bounced around there at the end that I'm not super excited about. He was at the Jets, I think, for a while, the Chiefs and the Ravens. Oh, um, yeah. Those lot 2020 and 2021 were not great. Yeah. So I'm hoping that the first four or five seasons with the Steelers I can get, but I think that's where I'm going to place my historical bets. I mean, we talked a lot about it today is the historical running backs, you know, the game has changed for them, especially those early 2000s, late 2000s kind of guys. I'm excited to see where Le'Veon can run in, in all these rankings. Yeah. Le'Veon's a great choice. He had 11 touchdowns in 2014 and 11 in 2017. And right in the middle of his prime at age 26, he missed the whole season because of contract dispute in 2018, which is wild to think about in retrospect. He was injured in 2015, but 2013, 14, 16, and 17, he was pretty gosh darn good. Over a thousand total yards in all those seasons, over 1,200 rushing yards in two of those, over 1,300, another one, nine rushing touchdowns in 2017. He's a guy where, again, you are you are gambling a little, but mm -hmm. if you if 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 you get it right, and the ball rolls onto the right spot on that wheel for you, like you could have a easy, like a 30 point week from Le'Veon Bell. Um, so that is, that is a good shout. I'll come back to you for a, an active yeah. player to choose from, but I will start with my historical player this week. And not surprisingly, based on our conversation, it is a running back. Okay. It is Eric Dickerson, ED, who I believe still holds the record for rushing yards in a season. Adrian Peterson, a couple years ago uh, in 2012, was getting close to this record. But okay. uh, he missed out by eight yards. Ooh. Eric Dickerson still has the record for rushing yards in the season with 2,105 for the Los Angeles Rams in 1984. 
But Eric Dickerson is my choice this week. Like your choice, Le'Veon Bell, there are some lean years towards the end when ED was with the Colts and the Raiders and the Falcons in the late 80s and early 90s. But from 1983 to 1986, Eric Dickerson scored 59% of his career touchdowns in only 42% of his career games, which is wild. In 83, he had 20 total touchdowns, 14 in 84, 12 in 85, and 11 in 86. He was rookie of the year in 83. He was player of the year in 86. He made the Pro Bowl in three out of those four years. So I am banking on leaning into Eric Dickerson's early career. It's 59% of his touchdowns. 42% of his games, so less than half of his career games. So that is the risk you run, but you go for the higher scoring aspect of that. So that's that's my gamble. That's my legendary pick for this week. Active players. Sorry, what do you got? You know who I really like after watching their game is the Dolphins. I think they've got a bunch of interesting players. I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. I think he has a lower projection because people seem to underrate the Dolphins. And from the showing this week, I think the Tua... Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, you could pick either of those guys. The Dolphins are a classic example of everyone seeing those Twitter posts of like Tyreek looking frustrated at Tua's weak throws. You just don't know anything. And I'm sure plenty of people made fantasy decisions based on that stuff that they saw, which is crazy to me. And now we look at last weekend and Tyreek looked just the same as he did in Kansas City. I mean, it's incredible. And you think of the difference in quarterback ratings. Patrick Mahomes is tier one and Tua has been a solid quarterback. The disparity between those two is incredible. But I think we have a lot of promise from that team and I'm excited to see what they continue to do. So I think this week I I might do a Tyreek Hill, you could do a wide receiver. Yeah. I, that or Jalen yeah. Waddle or even Mike Gusecki, a tight end to a QB. Like, who knows? I think yeah. a lot of people are going to be leaning into the Dolphins after that game on Sunday because that was wild. My pick for this week is Debo Samuel. Trey Lance's injury puts Jimmy G back in the driver's seat. And Debo had a pretty darn good year last year. He led me to a fantasy title. And now he's going to be back with Jimmy Garoppolo. And that is a that is a combination that I'm going to lean into this week. You have Debo, who's used across the field. We were talking earlier about trying to figure out 49ers running backs and how impossible it is. Well, we know that Debo Samuel gets a lot of touches. So Debo, for me, is one of my receivers. He has a good relationship with Jimmy. Jimmy will be back. He doesn't put up big numbers, but even when he doesn't, Debo seems to. So that's that's the gamble that I'm going to take this week. And I know I'll be grabbing Eric Dickerson and maybe Le'Veon Bell to lean into Sawyer's choice there. But who knows? This is the fun of piecing together a team with Encore Fantasy Football. It says that the Broncos defense is ranked number one. Are you at all concerned with the secondary? A little, but look at who the Broncos have played thus far in two games. That's true. They shut down Houston last week. And then week one was Geno Smith, who is underrated. He's actually better than most people think, but not a dynamic offense. And I'm not just saying the 49ers are dynamic, but Debo is probably the best all around player that they've faced thus far. But also factor in that Sertan is hurt. He's probably the guy that would be lined up across Debo most often. So that's something to think about. It's a good question. Way to pump up the Broncos in there. That's very yeah, bad of you. Just so. a little bit. Just you know, a little. He's, he's gone, so we got energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring the Bronco energy. Let's ride with Russ. Let's ride. I will say that on my big money fantasy league with Ben, I sat Tua and his 60 points on my bench, which That's is easy to say. It is unfortunate. It's easy to say in retrospect, starting Russ against Houston at home was a much safer bet early on than starting Tua on the road at Baltimore. I'm not mad about this because I still won mm-hmm. by one point. So I can't Ooh. really be mad. But this week, I'm going to start Tua. I'm going to ride that hot okay. hand. And I'm sure it'll completely blow up my face. So. We can only hope. We can <laughs> only hope. 
All right. I think we've covered it, Sir, Thank you for joining us. It's been such a fun thing to build this product and build this website. And I think we have a really amazing opportunity here to strike this fine line between reliving history and continuing to make history. And I think that's where we sit. We are indebted to you for building this out. Because again, as I said at the, at the outset, we had no idea how to do that. And you've done all this and created an awesome site. But I won't pat ourselves on the back too much thus far. We just hope people go out and enjoy the game and have fun with it. That is it for this week for the Encore Fantasy Football Podcast. Sawyer, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Mish. And next week, Ben will be back from his travels. Have fun out there. Good luck picking your squads. And we will see you next week. You are gambling, but mm-hmm. if you get it right and the ball rolls onto the right spot on that wheel for you, you could have a easy 30-point week. Are you kidding me? Look, real talk, it's really easy. If it's been red <laughs> 10 times in a row, it's going to be black on the next one. Obviously, that's the way it works. That's why Science. I bet it. Baby bathwater takes. Baby bathwater takes. That's what those are. Go.